You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholes and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 25 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined by the editor of the Toolstation Western League Bulletin. It is Mr. Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing all right, thanks. Nice and, well, not not as cold the last couple of days, but yeah, I've been, um, been pretty bitter, hasn't it, over, over the last week or so, but yeah, I'm doing all right, thanks. And you? I'm doing all right as well. We're, we, we've had all sorts of weather, haven't we? We've had wet mm, weather, we've had windy on. weather, we've had cold weather, we have. stormy weather. Mm, a couple of storms. They keep There's an, almost a new one every day at the moment. I, I saw another name pop up earlier. I think we had Isha and then we've had a new one already. So, yes, um, yeah, lots I going must on. confess, I, I, I thought it was, I thought they were going to call it Johnson. <laughs> I'm sure it was, I know they go um, alphabetically, don't they? I'm sure it was only like D and E earlier in uh, the start of the year. So I don't know why they keep having new ones almost every day. But yeah, it has been, um, yeah, quite um, quite interesting stuff going on outside. Isn't it? And that's obviously put paid to a lot of our fixtures, unfortunately. It certainly has. And it's um, it was a concern of mine on um, Saturday, actually. I was looking to see on social media which games had sort of beat the weather. And um, I was pleased to see, actually, that, that, that although we've had disruption in the Premier Division, we only lost a couple of games in the Premier Division. But, um, yeah, the weather did sort of play more havoc in our First Division, which sunk my battleship the weekend because I was looking forward to, um, to going to uh, Radstock, um, uh, Brislington. And uh, I couldn't even take solace in going to watch my own hometown club of, um, of uh, Devizes, which, of course, I know I'm not officially allowed to do on the Toolstation <laughs> Wrestling <laughs> Podcast, but I was, I, I thought I might have been allowed if... Um, Whisper it quietly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if I couldn't get to a Western League game, but um, but even their game didn't beat the weather. Um, so, anyway, um, we won't be... That's that's the last time we talk about all the games that didn't get played on, um, on Saturday. Now we need to talk about all the games that did. Um, we're talking about Saturday, the 20th of January, and we're going to kick things off at um, Brixham, where it was honours even against Street. Yeah, it was. Um, and uh, fortunately for the home side, they managed to managed to get that point because it wasn't looking uh, like that was the case. They, yeah, staged a pretty late fight back to, to secure a share of the spoils. A uh, couple of striking twice. Uh, midway through the second half, really quick succession, quick fire double. Uh, put them two goals to the good. So it looked like Street were going to take home the, the three points. Uh, but Brixham, as I say, managed to, to come home uh, come home late with a with a strong finish. Uh, ben Aldous uh, halving the deficit pretty late on. I think last ten minutes had just started, so uh, obviously sent, setting up a, a grandstand finish, and uh, we got that. Kieran Parkin scoring in stoppage time uh, and securing a point for Brixham. So it finished two-two uh, between them and Street. Now our next um, match is a game which I watched the highlights of on um, on Sunday morning, Helston Athletic against um, Shepton Mallet. An enthralling watch, um, but spoiler alert, Tom, you're going to tell us what happened anyway. <laughs> I'll try my best. Uh, Helston winning winning by two goals to nil. And it was, uh, yeah, sounds like the uh, the wind very much assisted, potentially uh, both of the goals, in fact. Uh, I think the keeper lobbed from long range on a couple of occasions. Steve Colwell putting them... Uh, putting the home side ahead after around 20 minutes or so with a with a set piece, uh, and then it was Dave Barker uh, who scored from long range as well. Uh, made it made it two nil, and uh, yeah, that had big ramifications in terms of the uh, the league table. I know we're going to touch on that later, but uh, yeah, two 0 win for Helston, uh, a good result for them at home to Shepton Mallet. 
And uh, I'm pleased to see the result in black and white because having watched the highlights on Piran Films, I, I, there were times in the package that I, I couldn't quite work out what the score was. Um, but yes, 2-0 <laughs> um, it finished. An eventful game, listeners. If you haven't seen those mm. highlights already, I'd, I'd recommend you watch them because there was plenty going on there. Uh, now we will move on to Saltash United. They took on, well, a team that started the day, uh, Clevedon Town, on top of the table. But Clevedon's woes continued, Tom. Yeah, they come out stuck a bit of late, and this was a yeah real turnout for the books, wasn't it? A one 0 loss at, at Saltash. You've obviously had a, a tough old season, um, not not where they expected to be at this uh, this this juncture. But yeah, getting a, a well a, a morale morale boosting one 0 win, I would say uh, at Saltash, and it was a goal just uh, just after half time that uh, is the business for them. Uh, Joe Priest going three minutes after the break, and uh, they managed to hold on for the the entirety of the second half, keeping keeping Clevedon at bay. So yeah, good good result for the Ashes, one nil over Clevedon. Uh, well, we spoke to the Saltash boss uh, Mackenzie Brown, Macca Brown, um, at the start of the season. He was new in post then, come across from um, from Millbrook in the closed season, and um, Macca told us about the rebuilding job that he was looking at doing with Saltash. That job obviously has continued um, this season. It's been a difficult season. Season for last year's um, runners-up, but that tree over Clevedon was obviously something to celebrate, and um, I started off by congratulating him on that win. Yeah, thanks, Ian. Yeah, really pleased. Uh, to be honest, I think it was one of those games where the the performance started at the the final whistle the week before, um, and I did have a good feeling going into the game. To be fair, um, we were unfortunate. At Barnstable, seven days previous to, to, to Cleveland on Saturday, I felt we actually performed better in that game than we did on Saturday, and we really did deserve something out of it. But we've been beating ourselves an awful lot this season with little moments in games that costs us. And, uh, and and I think there was just that moment of clarity on, on Saturday or last Saturday that, that that was the case. And it, it was one of those moments where you could look around the changing room and see that everyone had had enough. Had had enough. It wasn't just myself. Um, and the management team, it, it was the players, they, they realised enough was enough. So I felt like there was a really good week of preparation and focus going into the game, and, and the boys were excellent. It was a, it was a scruffy game, um, which I think the games tend to be this time of year on the pitches, how they are. Um, and it was probably always going to be a game where there was going to be a mistake or a moment that would win it for a team. And thankfully this week, for a change, it went our way. So, um, so yeah, really pleased to get the, to get a positive result. Um, it's interesting to hear you talk about the performance, but uh, football at the end of the day, at every level, is a results business, isn't it? So, I mean, the fact that you actually got a win, you got the three points, you know, even if it had been, even if it had been an appalling um, performance, I guess you'd have been happy with that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and there has to be recognition that actually at this level of the game, the pitches do change throughout a season. So we, we watch obviously football on TV week in, week out, and the pitches don't change whether it's December or August. Whereas when you play, obviously, where we play and, and, and the facilities that we play on, um, the weather huge impact. And I think you get to the winter and the pitches are really difficult. And it does mean you have to perhaps change what you do on the pitch. And before the game on Saturday, I actually highlighted um, Mausel was a brilliant example of that. I think when they were in the Western League for the first season, you could see that they were such a fantastic side. Um, but they didn't win the league. I know they came close, but they didn't win the league. And the second year, I just felt they had a few more kind of strings to their bow mm. in terms of how they approached those winter months. And, and it, when they needed to be a little bit more direct, they, they were. And, 
and that's probably what won them won them the league. They were a more complete side that could win in more ways than one. And and we perhaps were just kind of flipping back into some bad habits, or they're not bad habits; they're good habits if it's the summer and you can trust the pitch. But they were just kind of moments that you can't get away with in January and December and November. And that was really pleasing for me. It was, it was, it was a mature performance, and as you say, it is all about the result. And to be fair, since New Year, we, we, we've had a nice little kind of run of results. We've got seven points out of 12. As I said, we were unfortunate not to take anything from Barnstable, and, and that's probably what we should be doing, I think. Yeah. Clevedon Town are obviously having a bit of a wobble at the moment. They, they had a fantastic start to this um, campaign, but they've, uh, their form has, has got very patchy. I mean, people will be looking at this result and they'll be wondering whether you were good or whether Clevedon were bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, it, I, I think you can play any game of football in, in this league and anyone could beat anyone. I think that's really obvious. Um, and as you say, Cleveland have had a fantastic start to the season. And you're always going to get like a little moment like this in a season. I think Soltash, I wasn't involved with Soltash last year, but they had the same situation this time last year. I think when Shane left the club, I think they had a little bit of a wobble themselves. They got back on their feet. They had an unbelievable run at the, uh, the back end of the season. They they missed out by a matter of points. So, like, Cleveland guys don't need to, need to tell tell them that that has to be the case for them. I'm sure they will. They've they've got a fantastic group there. They've got some really good players. And, like I say, I think Cleveland are one of the teams that have impressed me in the last couple of years since being involved in this division because they, they're not only got good players that can win games, in moments but they are always a team that have a plan and they're always a team that are tactically well drilled and they know what they're doing and I think when you've got that behind you I think they'll be fine um, but yeah I mean there's no doubt though that's what Alex said to his lads won't it'll be cool we just got to get back on our feet and I'm sure they will they're not the only top side that you've played um, recently. You've you've come up against Helston, Buckland, Barnstable, Falmouth and Bridgewater. I mean, which one of those sides um, have impressed you the most? Oh, good question. I mean, there wasn't, to be fair, every single one of those games was like our game on Saturday, I would say. Not a lot between the yeah. two teams that were playing. Um, in most of those games, it was won by the odd, the odd, the odd goal. I feel like we played Falmouth twice this season and I was impressed with them, particularly at the start of the season. I thought they, 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 they were brilliant against us. They had a little bit of everything. We obviously know that, that Helston have, have got a great setup and they've got a really good squad and, and they're in a position now where there's a little bit of a gap opening up and, and the clubs around them have got other commitments as well in different cup competitions. So I'm sure Matt will be looking to push the Helston lads on and, and trying to make that that gap as big as possible so even when the time does come it's it's almost unassailable really for other teams to try and catch them but they're, they're all impressive they're all impressive sides they've all got good players um, and it'll be difficult to really call out of those because I mean they are all up there um, and, and I do feel like it. there is a bunch like as I said like last season there was two teams who kind of ran away with it a little bit um, and even the season before in Tavi and Exmouth it was similar uh, but this year I do feel like there is a, there's a group at the top and, and it could go anyway when I spoke to you earlier in the season, of course, we talked about you joining um, Saltash and, and the rebuilding job that you uh, it, you had inherited on uh, from f- from last season. When you think about how the first sort of half, and we're a bit over halfway, but where we are in the season at the moment, the relentless nature, you mentioned it earlier in the interview. You talked about the Premier Division is a division in which any team can beat any other. Do you think the quality of this uh, season's Premier Division has actually made your rebuilding job a, a lot harder? Um, yeah, potentially. You, you, as you say, it's an, it's an unforgiving league. So if, if there's any week where you're weak, or if there's any week where you're not quite at it, or you're missing one or two players, 
then it's really, really difficult. And and I think, look, we, we've had a month full of ups and downs. We beat top of the league on Saturday. We lost to Milbrook at bottom of the league the week before Christmas. And, and, and so that goes to show. And, and the rebuild has been difficult. And I feel like I can take a little bit of a breath now and, and, and see where we are and see that we're making good progress. But I, we got to kind of October, November, and I felt then that we were in a good moment. We just beat some Blazy in the cup, and I felt really positive about where the squad was. And then in the space of a weekend, we lost our striker to Biddeford, and we lost um, another one of our strikers to, to an ankle injury for two months. And I felt like I had to, we had to rebuild again um, and we had to work it all out again. So I'm hoping that actually we're a little bit settled now. We're starting to do things in a in a consistent manner um, because, like I say, it's an unforgiving league and it does take a little bit of time to work it out at times and work out kind of how best to use the weapons that you have. And I feel like we're kind of there and that doesn't guarantee results by any stretch of the imagination. But hopefully it gives us a chance and, and we've got a nice little run of home games now. I think our next four or five games certainly kind of I think five out of the next six might be at home um, and, and hopefully that will give us a bit of an advantage to, to start picking some points up because I do feel like we're better than where we are in the league but the league table doesn't lie but there is promise there and I, and I hope that we can go on a little bit of a run and pick up points um, like we have done in the last three weeks or so and, and start climbing it. Because you're 14th in the table at the moment mm. but seven points behind Ilfracombe now mm-hmm. do you think you can catch them before the end of the season? Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, we, we all we can do is run our fastest race. Um, we can't control anybody else. We 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 just got to go out there and and keep picking up points. Um, and whether that's one point away from home, our away our away form has been poor this year, really poor. And I kind of I've said before that we need to become a team that starts picking up at least a point on our travels rather than a defeat, and then hope that the home form is is good enough to carry us through. And um, there were signs of that in the last couple of weeks. We, we got a really good point up at Street, uh, which not many teams are able to do. And we've won the two home games that we've had in the last few weeks. So if we can continue in that kind of form, then it gives us a chance. But yeah, I did see the, I did see the table and see that there was a little bit of a gap. But you do get to a point in the season when you start playing two or three games a week again, and seven points can can disappear very very quickly in a matter of days. So. We've just got to be positive, and like I said, we've got to run our fastest race, and we've got to make sure that what we saw on Saturday, which was quite a complete performance for this type of year, that needs to be the same again against Brixham on Saturday, and it needs to be the same after that, and the same after that, and then we'll have a chance. But if we kind of flip back into bad habits and old habits that we were displaying before Christmas, then we won't catch teams above us, not a chance, because we'll continue um, to drop points that we shouldn't drop. But we're hopeful that we can uh, we can we can have a positive second half of the season and and try and climb a few places. I mean, you mentioned the Brixham game there. Do you think it's a help that you're playing another quality side because um, you know your players are going to have to be on it on the day if you are going to repeat that that fantastic win over Clevedon? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Brixham, Brixham are a fantastic side, and I think I said this last time we spoke. They're they're a team that are kind of I would describe them as a team that are kind of entering their peak or within their peak. And I know what that feels like because we had that at Nilbrook a couple of years ago. We had a squad of players who, who had grown together and they'd reached their peak together. And we're at the other end of the spectrum in that respect. We're a young side and we're growing together. Um, so we recognise it's a really tough fixture. But as you say, you have to be you have to be at it. But there's probably no other team that knows that better than us because, like I said a month ago, we, we, we lost to Millbrook, who were bottom of the league, and that was their first victory of the season. So we know that if, if we're not quite there, then we'll lose to everyone. So 
So we have to make sure that, that, that we're, we're kind of ready for the challenge that Brixham um, will provide us with because there's no doubt that they'll be well organised. There's no doubt that they'll be good. And, and uh, we, we want to obviously kind of continue what we're doing at the moment and picking up points. I mean, you mentioned earlier um, that, you know, your, your away form wasn't what it what, what you wanted it to be. But, you know, you, you, you were positive about your performances at the Waterways Stadium. Mm-hmm. I just wonder how, how important is it for you and the players, to, for the fans to really get behind you in these in these closing months of the season? They, they have been all along. They've been fantastic. Uh, and they really have been supportive. And, and that's the one positive thing, I think, about having quite a young side is that young they bring friends with them. They bring um, families with them. And it's it's always a brilliant atmosphere there. It really is. It's something that's kind of I've really enjoyed kind of being part of at home. We we didn't really get that too much at Millbrook because we really struggled for, for supporters when I was managing there. So that's been one part of this one part of the season that I've really enjoyed is the support that we've had from people that have come and watched us, and it does make it does make a massive difference. Obviously, when you're playing at home compared to playing away, and it is going to be important. The lads know that when they step out of the changing rooms um, at the waterways, they they don't want to let anybody down that's come and watching us and supporting us. So they do increase their levels, and and yeah, I think it is really important. And, and say with that next run of games that we've got being at home. Hopefully it gives us a good chance with that support to turn it into a positive run. And my thanks to Macca for his time. Uh, one final game to talk about in the Premier Division was um, St Blasey. Uh, they took on high-flying Barnstable Town. Could Barnstable take advantage of um, Clevedon's slip? Well, no, they couldn't, Tom. <laughs> no, absolutely not. They came uh, came unstuck as well. Two one defeat. It was a yeah fascinating day in the in the prem. I know we're not even going to focus on the game, but Buckland also falling to defeat. Another of the top six sides. But yeah, Barnstable two uh, one uh, loss for them at, at St Blasey, and it was the informed George Newton who put the home side ahead after only six minutes, scoring from close range. Uh, it was then another first half goal that, that doubled their advantage. Judge Smale. Uh, scoring from close range to to make it two nil, and uh, yeah, it was. It, although it did finish two one, uh, that was a, a courtesy of a, a stoppage time. I would say a consolation strike. It was almost the the final kick of the game, so I don't think uh, Barnsfield ever really uh, threatened to to take anything from the game. So it was the St Blasey uh, side that won by two goals to one. It was Stu Bowker scoring, should I say, in in stoppage time for Barnsfield. But yeah, they they fell to a two one defeat. And now a message from our sponsor. Whatever the job, with over 25,000 products in stock and ready to go, you can click, collect and conquer at Toolstation. Now we'll take a look into the first division and we'll kick things off with something of a local derby. Two sides not really separated by um, a great deal of distance in um, Canesham Town and Cabri Heath. Uh, And really, this was a fantastic result for the away side, Tom. Yeah, it really was a, a storming victory. Uh, four goals to nil, two goals in either half. So pretty, pretty complete performance from the Heath. Uh, a couple of goals, I'd say, first half uh, belonging to, to Heath frontman Zach Cheatham. Uh, scored after half an hour to break the deadlock and then uh, just again before the interval uh, to put them two goals to good. And yeah, they pushed on from there. Real good, real good, real good stuff from um, the away side. Dan Winston making it 3-0. And then it was uh, Josh Haynes who got the uh, got the goal his performance deserved. A couple of assists for him also in the, in the encounter. Uh, he scored about five minutes from time and uh, wrapped up a, a yeah, marvellous victory for Cabra Heath away at Canesham. Four goals in that game, five in our next game, but still pretty much um, still just as one-sided. Longwell Green Sports taking on Bristol Telephones in what it appears to be is the largest crowd of the day. 
Mm, yeah, real good stuff. Um, and yeah, the, I would go and watch this side at the moment. They are scoring goals for fun. It's two guys in particular. It's Matt Brown and it's Sonny Pasco. They have, I think, I'm even, it's either four or five. I've lost track of the uh, the amount of games, but those two have scored in every game. Between uh, Each of them have scored uh, in, in every game for Longwell Green over the last little run of run of victories. And it was Matt Brown who, who um, individual performance of the day on Saturday, he got a hat-trick. Uh, but as I say, Pasco was also on target yet again. Uh, but yeah, those two in particular are leading the charge for Longwell Green. Uh, and they, yeah, secured a, a pretty uh, pretty uncomfortable 4-1 win at home to Bristol Telephones on Saturday. Well, Chris Alway, the manager of Longwell Green Sports, is a man we haven't spoken to for a while, so I thought that was a good opportunity to get him back on the podcast. And we discussed that fantastic result, and I started off by asking Chris whether the game was as comfortable as the scoreline suggests. Yes and no. I don't think any game in this league is, is comfortable at any stage, to be honest, because um, it's very competitive. But... Um, yeah, I think we we started well, um, and credit to them, they made it difficult, made it difficult for us to play. Um, and I sort of said to the lads at halftime, if we can, you know, add a little bit more quality to our play, a little bit more intensity, then I think we can go and win the game. And to be fair, for 20 minutes, the lads did that really well and sort of won us the game. So um, yeah, really pleased, really pleased, and they play well. Obviously, our fixture schedule in the first division was was pretty hard hit by the weather. But I see you got another big gate. So, um, I mean, big gates have been a feature, haven't they, of of, of the sort of the renaissance of, of Longwell Green Sports? But um, I guess the weather must have helped on Saturday. Yeah, definitely, it has, it has helped with us being on most weekends at the moment. But I think it's just been a um, a knock on effect of having new ground going. Really, Ian, um, we noticed that you know bit by bit we've had bigger crowds and I think it's I think the pitch helps because the quality of football and you know you do see a lot of goals we're quite an attacking side so I think people are, are sort of coming down because they know they're going to see quite a decent game and like I said the pitch contributes a lot to that um, and also one thing we've tried to do as well is is have mascots from the youth teams every single game for the last three seasons um, I think we get a lot of um, returning fans from doing that as well a lot of parents that come down and like to watch the football and bring the kids down so that's certainly helped as well now if I look at your um, results um, the last three matches you played in 2023 were a bit frustrating for you but um, looking at your form in um, in the new year you, you've had a really impressive start to 2024 so what's changed not a lot really to be honest I think that's probably us in a nutshell where we are at the moment like I say we're quite a quite a young side you know, with being young does come in consistency. Um, and I've said to the lads all year, that is our main aim is to try and find that a little bit more consistency. And I don't think we'd be far away. And they're a great set of lads. Um, and like I say, just over the Christmas period, whether the big crowds, some of the younger lads playing in front of these big crowds for the first time, you know, was new to them. But um, make no excuses. Like I say, the, the teams that we lost to, fair play to them and, and they deserved it. But um, like I say, that's probably been the story of our season at the moment is we'll go on a three or four game winning streak and then lose three games. So um, something that we're trying to rectify. Um, but not a lot's changed. Probably I'm similar to a lot of managers at this level. Availability plays a big part. Um, suspensions, injuries. So, yeah, all of that sort of stuff does play a part. And when we have got our full squad available, I think we're, we're more than a match for anyone. I, I guess that explains your sort of current mid-table position at the moment in the league. But, I mean, are you optimistic that towards between now and the end of the season you might be able to climb a little higher up the table? Yes, definitely. Yeah, we've got aspirations to, to finish in the top ten. And the higher up in that top ten, the better. Like I say, it's, and I'm not foolish enough to know that we've got some really tough games coming up. But 
like I said, I think we've shown this season that we can compete with everyone and, and beat everyone in equally. We can come unstuck against anyone the same as anyone else can. So we'll have to be at it for, for every game um, and we'll see where we finish. But yeah, no, I'm confident. I'm confident that the lads can keep this run going and finish strongly. Reflecting then on, on that sort of um, body of work so far, and I think the sentiment that, you know, in the league, anybody can beat anybody is one that we hear a lot on the podcast. What have yeah. you made of the standard of opposition um, you've had this season? Have, have any teams particularly impressed you? Yeah, it's been tough. It's been tough for the last few years and whether sort of like the, the Prem and what's going on there has got anything to do with it, I'm not too sure. But yeah, it's very good. It's very tough. Every game's really, really, really difficult. Like I said previously, if you're not at it, you'll come unstuck, whoever you're playing against. And there's some good sides. Um, I, I personally think Portishead are the best side we played by by a considerable way. And I'd be very, very surprised if they didn't win and go on and win the league. And like I say, Briz is strong, Radstock is strong, Wincanton, the usual suspects. But um, like I say, Portishead for me are the standouts. I mean, you, you, you're right. The, you know, we do talk about the the usual suspects like Brislington and Wincanton, but obviously Radstock are having a different season to the one that they had last season. I mean, Portishead's evolution, yeah. I don't think anybody saw that one coming. And you make an interesting point about the changes that have taken place in the Premier Division, because obviously this season we've seen Cabri Heath come down and we've seen Canesham come down as well. And Canesham have su- struggled, surprisingly. So, I mean, do you think we're probably seeing a stronger first division than we've seen for a long time in the Western League? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I can only talk from my sort of personal experience and I sort of, you know, each year, you know, you need to add, um, depending on your aspirations. Um, But I think most managers will tell you that you need to strengthen just to to sort of, you know, survive and and be mid-table. And funnily enough, I was having a conversation with my assistants last night saying that, you know, the squad we've got at the moment, I think if we had this two years ago, we would have been confident, you know, of being top three or four. So I think that shows that, you know, the calibre of player, calibre of teams that are in this league now, it's, uh, it's really tough. It's really tough, but brilliant. Really good at the same time because week in, week out, you're playing against uh, established clubs in the Western League and established players as well. So I think it's good for, you know, especially us with, the, with these young players, it's good for them to get these experiences against these good sides and good players. Uh, so your next game isn't until the 3rd of February so you've got a little bit of a, a break and that's at home to Radstock Town and I, I guess well I guess you'll be wanting a good crowd for that one because obviously Radstock are flying and um, I mean that will be a real test for you and your boys yeah it will be a really tough game they're um, like I say yeah flying um, we played them earlier on in the season um, and they were a good side then um, like I say they've just continued to to get stronger and stronger so yeah under no illusions it'd be a really tough game um, and I, I'd imagine it will be a big crowd I would imagine they bring a few so, um, yeah, fingers crossed we can upset the apple cart um, and give a, get a, give a good account of ourselves on the day. Looking at your fixture list, it's quite interesting because you, you mentioned um, the home games and obviously, you know, since the work that's been done at the club, you're now going to be one of those sides like Canesham. You know, if you're at home, hopefully your matches will now beat, beat the weather. But I guess that can be a blessing and a curse, can't it? Because, of course, you've played a lot of games at home already this season and over the next month or so, you're going to have a run of away games. I mean, is, how, do you, how do you manage that balance? Yeah, it's very difficult, very difficult. And I think it's taken a while to get used to with, like I say, for as good as it is, um, the pitch is definitely, you know, two two different ways of playing when you're home and away, especially this time of year when pitches get heavy. But no, I think most of the lads are just happy to play football, whether it's home, away, you know, we're just happy to play games on a Saturday. 
Um, I know there's a lot of lads out there, a lot of managers I speak to that are so frustrated at the moment where, you know, they've gone weeks and weeks without playing a game of football. So I think ultimately we're just grateful home or away to just to be playing football. Yeah, it helps, but also it hinders as well. Like I say, we played Saturday. Um, we also played Thornbury last night in the GFA, which was switched from their ground to our ground because they knew the game would be on. So, yeah, when you've got tired legs and a few injuries, sometimes you do you do want a little bit of a break just to rest and recuperate. But, you know, not complaining what, what, whatsoever. Like I say, the more games we can play, the better. I'm not surprised you're not complaining. You won that game against Thornbury, didn't yeah. you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> albeit by penalties. But um, like I say, I think the, uh, the the weather played a big part. Credit to both teams. It was a, it was a good game. Uh, one was a fair result. Um, but yeah, wasn't the wasn't the, wasn't the easiest conditions to play in. That's for sure. And my thanks to Chris for his time. Uh, now we will move from Longwell Green to Middlezoy Rovers. Visitors were AEK Bocco and would certainly be going loco after this game, Tom. Yeah, they absolutely would. Uh, and it was a couple of inspired substitutions that uh, got business done uh, for the away side on Saturday. And it was, yeah, as I say, uh, it was looking like a stalemate. Uh, it was, yeah, potentially on, on the cards. But uh, yeah, Bocco cut, uh, thrust a couple of guys into action and they both... <laughs> Uh, both uh, rewarded their uh, their manager with a goal. Uh, Mickey Parsons was the first, uh, scoring with his first touch less than a minute after coming home, coming on, uh, headed home to to make it one nil. Uh, and then it was another substitute was Mitch Tippins making it two nil in the in the closing stages. Uh, Handy middles are a pretty rare home defeat actually. I look back over their their results and they don't get uh, don't don't suffer too many losses at home. So yeah, good result for for Bocco and a couple of subs that came on to to make all the difference. And one final game to talk about in our first division. Two of the division's big hitters at well city they were at home um to bitten and uh, it was a close affair tom but the home side coming home happy yeah absolutely and uh coming from behind to, to claim the three points so good 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 stuff from them a 2-1 victory over bitten uh had toppled the same side in the les phillips recently so uh, good to get the uh get the double done over them in in quick uh quick time and uh, as i said they did have to come from behind george lloyd uh, putting the visitors ahead after about a quarter of an hour or so. But then that, yeah, that goal seemed to sort of kick kick Wells into action a little bit. And it was Charlie Moon who curled home uh, to make it one apiece. Uh, and then it was Steve Murray. Uh, his debut uh, ended with a goal uh, just, just after the half hour. So it was all, all the action came in the first half. Uh, and that turned out to be the winner. So, yeah, Murray scoring uh, on debut. And it was Wells two a bit and one. And a big signing in our first division. Mm, that certainly absolutely. feels... We'll take a look at the fixtures coming up on Saturday, the 27th of January. Um, hopefully, we won't get too much weather disruption um, this weekend. Which games ha- has caught your eye in the Premier Division? Yeah, touch with that all these games go ahead. That I've gone for Buckland-Helston. Uh, obviously, Helston, uh, as, as I say, we're going to touch on the league tables in a little bit. But they are, yeah, now the, uh, the team to shoot at, shall we say. Uh, and they, uh, they travel to take on Buckland, who, yeah, suffered a, a pretty... A surprising defeat on the weekend, and they're they're still up in fourth. So it's uh, yeah, this is a top 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 clash, I would say. Uh, Buckland hosting Helston. I think it'd be an interesting game between the Athletics. I'm going to go for two Somerset sides, Nowsley and Tickenham against um, Shepton Mallet. I think Nowsley and Tickenham have acquitted themselves well since joining the Premier Division. Shepton Mallet 
a bit of a rebuilding job going on there for Aaron Sevier, um, but still very, very competitive in the division. Two sides who will be targeting this game, I think, because they think they can win it. And what better way um, to pick a game to watch in the Toolstation Premier Division um, than two sides who are going all out for all three points. So well, I think that one will be um, very interesting to watch. Um, what about in the first division, Tom? What game have you gone for there? I've gone for the Bristol Telephones uh, taking on Porter's Heads. So obviously, uh, the phones, as we touched on there, did suffer a uh, pretty pretty heavy defeat on the weekend. But in terms of their home performances, they've been yeah top notch. They're unbeaten at home in the league since October. So I don't think this is going to be an easy easy afternoon out for the visitors. Uh, obviously, they've got certain Ethan Feltham at their sleeves. I, I assume he'll be he'll be in action. He's scoring plenty, as we well know. But uh, yeah, I think uh, the phones might uh, yeah they'll, they'll, they know how to show up at home. So I think this should be a, a decent game. Now, I'm going to go and pick two sides towards the wrong end of the table. Um, Canesham Town and Warminster Town, two sides that perhaps are in a false league position. Um, Canesham have the capacity when they turn up to be a, a match for anybody. And Warminster Town also, I think, um, have got a trick or two up their sleeve. Although we know that both of these sides have got a, a lot of young players and um, to a certain, um, perhaps differing extent, um, there's rebuilding jobs going on at both clubs. But uh, again, I think this game will be competitive. It'll be interesting to see who comes out, if anybody, with the three points. And perhaps that could be a little bit of a catalyst to go on a little bit of a run and take them away from the foot of the table. Uh, that's a lovely little segue, Tom, into the fact that we are going to look at the league tables <laughs> um, before we wrap up this uh, episode of the podcast. Um, do you want to kick us off with our hot shots in the Premier Division? Absolutely, yeah. So I think we we sort of kept flirting around the subject a little bit during the, the roundup. But yeah, Helston are now the new uh, league leaders. Uh, they have played 21 games and they were the first team to reach 50 points on the weekend. So that's where they sit. Uh, currently with a very healthy goal difference of 58, which is, yeah, way more than everybody else, almost double uh, double the next best. So, uh, yeah, Helston's sitting pretty at the top now. Uh, Clevedon have dropped down into, into second. Uh, they've played 22, so that's one more than Helston. Uh, they're on 48 points, but, uh, yeah, a little bit of a, a couple of slip-ups recently, but obviously still having a, a stellar season and, yeah, comfortably in, in second spot. Uh, you've then got Bridgewater in third, who've played 20 matches, uh, and they're on 43 points. Uh, and then you've got Buckland, as I say, they're taking on uh, Helston on the weekend, aren't they? They've played 22. They've won half of those and they're on 38. Uh, and then you've got a couple of sides who have played a couple less, to be fair. Falmouth still only played 17, so that's five less than Buckland, who are just ahead of them. Uh, they're on 36 points. Uh, and then uh, leading, a, leading a couple of teams on 34 is Barnstable. They've played 18. Uh, they've won half of those. As I say, they're on 34 points. So that's the top six in the in the Prem. Yeah, it's looking like a bit of a magic eye picture, Tom. I think we're going to have to start producing points per game statistics mm -hmm. uh, as the way of separating. But I mean, hopefully, um, as long as we get all of these games in, yeah, you know, it, it makes for a really exciting conclusion um, to the season. Although it does build a bit of scoreboard pressure. Perhaps those sides that have played a few games maybe won't uh, will get some advantage from that. But who knows? Um, one side that is struggling, of course, we all know about Millbrook. They're in 18th position. They've um, only got three points on the board. Uh, just above them, well, in the league table, but there, there is um, a, an eight-point gap, is uh, Wellington. Wellington in 17th. They've got 11 points. One point above them, Oldland Abertonians, uh, they've got 12. And one point above them, Welton Rovers, they've got 13 points from their 18 games. Then there is a two-point cushion between Welton and Saltash. But any side that um, can defeat our league leaders, I'm sure, 
uh, are looking up the table rather than down. There is a seven-point gap, as I mentioned in my um, interview with Maka, to Elfra Coombe, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if Saltash try and hunt them down. Whether they manage it or not remains to be seen, but a um, little bit of a gap there, I think, Elfra Coombe are the cushion. Uh, right then, we'll have a look at the top of the first division, and it's um, it's a familiar picture, Tom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll try and be a bit quicker with this one. But yeah, we've got Bob uh, Porter's head uh, still top of the pile. They've played 26. They've won 20 league matches, which is great going. Uh, goal difference is uh, just, yeah, just a touch better than everybody else is 54. Uh, and their points, they're on 64, which is, yeah, well on the way up um, front. So that's great stuff. Uh, Radstock in, in second, 27 games played. So that's one more than Porter said. They're on 60, uh, just uh, four points back. Uh, and then you've got Cribs Reserves, who are now up in third. They've played 28 uh, and they're on 58 points. So those three, uh, yeah, having a little tussle, I would say, for, for top spot at the moment. Uh, you've then got Wing Canton down in fourth, uh, played 26. They're on 52 points. Uh, and then a couple of other sides who've reached 50 points that we should should uh, earmark, uh, Brislington and Bitten. And um, as we heard from George McCaffrey a couple of weeks ago, it's not necessarily all about the race for the top five because, of course, with some clubs ineligible for promotion, that could bump us down to um, sixth or even seventh um, place as well. So um, we'll keep you abreast of that situation as the season progresses. Um, at the other end, at the wrong end of the uh, of the table, we've got Bishop Sutton in 22nd place. They've only got two points and uh, 11 points clear of them are Cheddar. But there's a seven-point gap between um, Cheddar and Hengrove. That's when things start to bunch up. Hengrove in 20th, they've got 20 points. Canesham have got 22 points. And Gillingham have got 22 points. Then three points above them is Warminster. And four points beyond them on 29 points is um, is Shirehampton. Again, just referring back to that interview I did with George about promotion and relegation, we know that the FA rules state that the bottom three clubs are liable. I don't know whether or not that means that all three will go. I don't think we've seen that before. It doesn't necessarily mean we won't see it this time, but I do think it means that certainly the bottom spot um, is in um, is in serious danger. Whether that would extend to Cheddar in um, 21st as well uh, remains to be seen. But th- those are the rules the FA are playing by this season. Um, Tom, thank you ever so much um, for your time as always and all the wonderful statistics and information that we have been reviewing in your excellent bulletin. Just in case any of the listeners have been on Mars, where can you find that? <laughs> Yeah, uh, that is still on the uh, Tool Station League West uh, web, uh, website. Uh, it's on the homepage, uh, and there's a yeah easy button on the if you scroll down a little bit, it's on the left hand side, and you'll uh, you'll find that every week, and that comes out, and uh, yeah, after the games on the Saturday afternoon. Well, then, listeners, pray to the weather gods, and let's Fingers hope that we've got some more football to talk about on next week's Tool Station Western League podcast.